Appreciate you making us a part of your weekend. I would say the best way to start the weekend, but I'm a little biased, so we'll just say thank you. And I appreciate you are uh, you joining us right here on CBS Sports Radio. Someone I don't think will have a good weekend this weekend is Bills head coach Sean McDermott. I think Sean McDermott is getting fired after Sunday's loss of the Chiefs. Like, I think this Chiefs team is going to beat the Bills to a pulp. Blow them out. I don't like this spot for Buffalo whatsoever. But that's not why he's going to get fired. It's, it's part of it. Part of it. But not the main reason. The main reason why I think Sean McDermott is getting fired after Sunday's game is because this week, with what has come out with Sean McDermott and his comments, highlight a lack of trust from the team in their head coach. And if you don't trust your head coach, why you, you can't play out the string. If you're Brandon Bean and the organization and the team has lost trust in your head coach, in Sean McDermott, you can't have him out there motivating and leading your team for another month of the season. You got to move off that ASAP. That's not one of those things you can just play the string out and, and move on and say all is well. You got to make a change. When you lose the locker room, you got to make a change ASAP. And that's what I think happened here. Sean McDermott has lost the locker room. He has lost the team. And how I know that is, just look what happened this week. Those abhorrent comments about his so-called motivational speech in referencing 9-11 and highlighting, of all people, the terrorists. And using that as motivation for the Bills team, that coming out this week, that story coming out this week, highlights how McDermott has lost a team because he didn't say those comments in a meeting this week. He didn't say those comments in a meeting last week or last month. Those comments came four years ago, back in 2019. It's not a coincidence that they are coming out and to the surface now. They are out now because the Bills are laying the groundwork to fire McDermott. They're making it easier and more justifiable to fire him. But that was leaked on purpose this week to start the fire under McDermott's feet. And if they get blown out in Kansas City, that is the perfect match on the tinderbox that's already been prepared to fire McDermott. I think that's going to be the last straw. The Bills, I think, are setting themselves up to where if they get, and I think they will, get blown out by the Chiefs, they are going to fire Sean McDermott. Those comments were disgusting, and I kind of, to be honest, feel a little bit gross saying this, but I think it's the reality. Those comments are not coming out by McDermott if the Bills are 11-1. Like the reason they came out now is because they're 6-6, six and six, going against the Chiefs, and their season's over. If they were 11-1, we are not, those comments, I should say, are not seen the light of day. They did it in 2019, made the playoffs. They did it in 2020, made the AFC title game. And Josh Allen took a big step. They did it in 2021 because they were so close against the Chiefs, 13 seconds. They did it in 2022 because going into that year, everyone thought, oh, Bill's Super Bowl, lock it up. This is the first time since those comments were made back in 2019 where things have hit the fan, in the regular season at least, where things have not gone to plan, where the Bills are not one of the favorites going into the playoffs to win the Super Bowl, 
where the Bills are not going to be in the playoffs, period. I think now you see the frustration in the organization. And it's not a coincidence. This tremendous piece by Tyler Dunn of GoLongTD.com is released this week. Because I think the Bills want to fire McDermott and want an excuse to fire McDermott. Look, the Bills have had a lot of losing, right? And he, to his credit, McDermott that is, took this Bills team and elevated them to where they were a perpetual loser and now they are a perpetual playoff team. Or they're in it every single year. But now you see, not only is the ceiling been reached where he is not a good enough coach to get them to the Super Bowl, he's not a good playoff coach in general. But now you see the unraveling where, and along also with, with Tyler Dunn's piece, not just highlighting the 9-11 comments, but also highlighting he's a guy who blames others but himself, not a lot of accountability, not very good leadership, not you know a, a good coach in the playoffs. Guys are not really close to him, especially on the offensive end, doesn't really have a a strong relationship with Josh Allen. You see that all now fester as an excuse to fire McDermott. That's why I think these comments were made this week or, or published this week, I should say, and I don't think it's a coincidence. But I think also if you look at these comments, we could dive a little bit deeper as well. You can look at those comments made back in a 2019 training camp practice as a motivational tactic and also draw a parallel of will it make sense why the Bills are not a very good team when it comes to winning close games? Why they are 2-6 and six this year in one-score games? Why the 13-second collapse against the Chiefs in the playoffs happened? Why other close calls and other playoff eggs were laid in the past? It's because the team doesn't trust McDermott. And if you don't trust your coach, that shows up in the tightest moments. Not in a game when you're blowing a team out. Not in a game where you're going against a subpar opponent. Those fractures show up when you play big-time opponents and when you play in big-time games. And there's a reason why more times than not, the Bills have lost those games. Trust, belief, faith in the team and the coach those things are exemplified in a positive way when your team constantly wins one-score games and you win a lot of big games. They are accentuated in a negative way when you constantly are on the other side of those games. And the Bills have been on the other side of those games plenty of times, more times than they should. But it makes sense when you watch this team play that, yeah, they don't believe in their head coach. They don't trust their head coach to put them in the right spot to succeed. To... Get the most out of it. Have the right game plan created to win that week. And I think you could look at Sean McDermott's judgment and make the conclusion, yeah, the guy can't get this team ready to play, and that's why these players and this organization has lost faith in their head coach. I think about it. You go back to those 9-11 comments made in a team meeting. They were not off-the-cuff comments. We've all done it. We've all made jokes that were over the line. We've all said things in the heat of the moment that we regret immediately. But a lot of that time is in the moment, you're fired up, emotions are high, and you say things on the top of your head. We've all been there. We've all had to apologize. But what's concerning for me and why for me with McDermott, it's not really 
why it's, un, why it's unforgivable and not acceptable is because this was premeditated. He had time to think about it. Like, no coach goes into a team meeting having no idea what they're going to say. Kind of like Michael Scott, start a sentence having no idea where it's going to lead to and just ramble on and hope that they're rambling, they find a point, and then that motivates the team. Now, you come up with a message that's already predetermined, it's already written out, it's already scripted, you probably practiced it a few times as well. He's had multiple opportunities, whether it's hours, whether it's days, to think about that message and say, hmm, highlighting the terrorists of 9-11. Do I really want to use that as the motivating tool this week? Do I really want to use that to fire my team today? Or do I want to maybe focus on something else? Different subject, maybe let's focus on the first responders. Some, you know, make a positive out of a tragedy. No. He had plenty of time to think about it, to make adjustments, to think better about it, and didn't. That, to me, you could draw a direct conclusion then to his decision-making in-game. His ability to prepare the team during the week to get them ready for a Sunday. And you see it, especially this season. All faith is lost. Game number one against the Jets. Aaron Rodgers suffers a season-ending injury on the fourth play of the game. Yet, you lose it overtime to a team that should have been emotionally drained by watching their season come to an end four plays into the season. Nope, find a way to lose that game. Okay. You're in Foxborough a few weeks later against one of the worst teams in the league in the Patriots. Find a way to lose that game and give spark to an offense led by Mac Jones that has been one of the league's worst. You find a way against the Eagles to light them up offensively and stuff Billy in the first half defensively, and then all of a sudden the defensive-minded head coach can't get a stop in the second half when it matters. Can't get the right amount of guys on the field to block a a potential game-winning field goal against the Broncos at home. Like, you look how, you look at the mistakes. You look at how the Bills have lost these close games. It now makes sense. These comments coming to light are not only disgusting, unacceptable, and abhorrent. It also explains why the Bills have underachieved and why with all that talent, they've never really come close to winning a Super Bowl. It all makes sense. Because that head coach, they don't believe, and they're not led by a guy who knows how to put guys in positions to succeed in the big moments. It all, it all checks out. It all checks out. And that's why it's not a coincidence those comments, despite being said four years ago, were brought to light this week. It's the Bills trying to get some heat under McDermott's feet. This is an inside job. This was an inside job. And if you're the Bills, I don't know why you just can't man up and fire him and say, hey, look, we're trying to win a Super Bowl. He's done a great job getting us here, but he can't get us over the hump. I think most fans would accept that. And if they don't, okay, don't be judged by the, don't make your moves based on fan reaction. Make your moves on what you think is right. But if you're Brandon Bean, whether you knew about these comments or not, it makes it a lot more justifiable to fire Sean McDermott. I think it makes it a lot easier to fire Sean McDermott after Sunday. With these comments out there, with the, I think your team and your organization losing faith in your head coach, I think the Chiefs are winning big. If I'm right, 
I don't say you allow Sean McDermott to coach another, uh, another game if you're the Bills. And I think they want it that way. I think they want to secretly get blown out. Front office, at least. Start fresh, fire McDermott, move on. And also, too, by the way, fire McDermott in season is a good thing because you get now a head coach, uh, a jump on your head coaching search, which, by the way, a popular name being rumored, being discussed about, you know, who could take over and come in the NFL next year is Jim Harbaugh. And this week, Michigan offered Jim Harbaugh a fat contract extension with one catch. He has to sign away his ability or his rights, if you will, have you want to phrase it, to interview for another NFL head coaching job, at least this offseason. So if Harbaugh signs that extension, he is contractually obligated to say no to any and every NFL job interview request. If you're the Bills and you have real interest in hiring Harbaugh as your next head coach, you got to fire McDermott now and start talking to Harbaugh saying, hey, Jim, maybe don't sign that contract. Maybe take your time. Let's, me and you, let's just talk first before, you know, you think about your future and maybe let's see if we can work something out here before legally we can't talk to you again this offseason. So that's why if you're the Bills, fire McDermott on Sunday also allows you now to get in line to court a guy that could be high on your list in Jim Harbaugh. So the comments being published this week, despite them being said four weeks ago, for me, screams that the entire organization of the Buffalo Bills has lost trust and has lost faith in Sean McDermott and is using this in order to try to set the stage for him to get fired here down the road. And I think these comments being published, along with the fact that I think the Bills are going to get blown out on Sunday by the Chiefs, to me that adds up to McDermott getting fired on Sunday. Like We're going to see Sean McDermott coach's last game for the Bills Sunday in Kansas City. After a Chiefs blow win, it's very easy for Brandon Bean to say, team's lost trust in him. We're not playing inspired. These comments are, are gross. We don't stand by them as well. And we're going to move on, and we're going to thank Sean for his all his years of success. We're going to now start the process of looking for a new head coach. It's very simple. It's very clean. That's why I think these comments were leaked. That's what I think is happening here in Buffalo. McDermott will be fired after Sunday's game in Kansas City. Ryan Hickey here with you or us, but right here on CBS Sports Radio. If you miss any part of the show, the Hick at Night podcast is there just for that. Night spelled N-I-T-E. Check it out. Download it wherever you subscribe to podcasts. It is free. And there you go. Caught up on the show. Make sure you don't miss anything. All righty. So we talked about Sean McDermott. I think he's getting fired at the end of Sunday's game against the Chiefs. So I think this was a setup here. Look, what he said was disgusting, and it's inexcusable. But it's a setup in the sense that he said in 2019, now it's coming out now. Why? Because the Bills are bad. There's a bad job by the Bills, but it seems to me like an inside job. And now, all of a sudden, this bad PR is circling McDermott right as he's about to go and play a big game on the road in Kansas City that's all but going to eliminate the Bills from the playoffs this year. It's not a coincidence. So I think we're going to see McDermott uh, get the boot. I think another guy that needs to get the boot is Mike Tomlin. 
with the Steelers. If the Steelers are true, true about winning a Super Bowl, then you got to end the Mike Tomlin era this season. He's a great coach that could get you to the playoffs every single year. He's obviously never had a season above, uh, excuse me, below 500. He's great at keeping you relevant. He's great at getting you to the playoffs, but he's not great at winning playoff games, at getting you to the Super Bowl, at winning the Super Bowl. And if that is still the goal of a proud, historic winning franchise of the Steelers, you need a new coach to get you over the hump that Tomlin can't. And the last two weeks, just have shown you that. Cardinals, two wins coming to town. Patriots, two wins coming to town. Both leave with three as the Steelers are in the middle of a playoff race. Are you kidding me? That effort we saw on Thursday night was disgusting. From a wannabe playoff team against the Patriots, who are also playing their own backup quarterback. You can't lose both of those games at home. That was, that should be the final straw. But those two games are not the only reason why I fear the Steelers. You're saying, oh, we got to move on from Mike Tomlin. Two games should never dictate whether to fire or keep a coach. But it's bigger than that. It's the fact that you look at when it comes to, okay, can we be in the upper echelon of the AFC? Are we truly close to being Super Bowl contenders again? Well, you haven't won a playoff game since 2016. You've been to one conference championship game since your last Super Bowl appearance back in 2010. That's 12 years. And I'm not even counting yet this year, which is inevitable, but let's just be nice for a second. 12 years that the Steelers have not made the conference championship game. About to be 30, uh, or they made one appearance, excuse me, in 12 years. About to be one appearance in 13 years in the AFC Conference, championship game. And you have a coach who's lost four straight playoff games. Tomlin's not the guy to get you over the top. And it's nice that he's above 500 at 500 every single year. But what good is that when you are stuck in the middle? What good is going 9-8 and every year? Sure, you're not 7-10. and Awesome. Sure, you get to have this cool record you can uh, reference every single year. Awesome. But you are nowhere near Chiefs when they're healthy, the Bengals, Ravens, Dolphins, Jaguars. Like, look how many teams are talented. Look how many teams this year are having bad. Look at this year alone. Chiefs, are they any are they scaring anyone right now? No, the receivers can't catch anything. Ravens can't win a close game. I don't trust Lamar in the playoffs. Dolphins have yet to win a big game. Bengals, Joe Burrow's out for the year. Browns, Joe, uh, Deshaun Watson, out for the year. Chargers can't get out of their own uh, can't get out of their own way. Jaguars now lived up to potential. Bills missing the playoffs. Think about it. In a year where the AFC we thought was going to be loaded, was going to be a gauntlet, is down. Where two teams a lot of people thought were Super Bowl contenders in the Bills and the Bengals are going to miss the playoffs. The Steelers right now are in hang out to a playoff spot. I think they're going to miss the playoffs. You missed the playoffs if you're Mike Tomlin in a down AFC. Again, it's just really another reason as to, like, what are we doing? What are you in this for? Are the Steelers in it to be relevant or are the Steelers in it to win a Super Bowl? If you are in it to win a Super Bowl, you can no longer employ a coach 
that has not won a playoff game since 2016, that has lost four straight playoff games, and that's only gotten you to one conference title game in the last 13 years. Simple. Very, very simple. So if you are right now the Steelers, I don't see if you are true about winning the Super Bowls, if that is truly your goal, there is no way you then can bring Mike Tomlin back. He's got to go. And if you're the Bills, Sean McDermott has got to go. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Which coach do you think right now has the hottest seat in the NFL? Jim is calling from Buffalo. What's up, Jim? Hey, good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Jim. Yeah, I got I got to push back a little on your uh, McDermott take. Sure. I'm I, I'm local out here, and I I just I don't see it the same way. So the the writer who put that out, he he's an uncredentialed reporter who's put out pieces on McDermott historically over the last couple of years, um, attacking him. It's not not an inside job from one bill's drive i mean he did he got former players and coaches who worked with sean but that's by no means the bill signaling they want mcdermott gone and i think far from it also mcdermott doesn't report to the gm here in buffalo he reports directly to ownership in parallel with brandon bean so bean's not going to make the call on him um and he voiced support for sean this week so i don't see that as the uh, outcome here I, I really do think the bills are you could go two ways here, right? They could split or they're going to galvanize. And I, I think the latter seems to be happening. I think they're going to put it together, go on a run like they did two years ago. Really? Well, let me ask you this, Jim, then. Why did this piece come out this week? Despite it being, because despite I, the comments being said four Dunn, years ago. Tyler Dunn wants clicks on GoLong.com. That's it. You think it's, a again, a hit piece, even though McDermott 100%. admitted 100%. to saying it. But again, it's not like he's making things up. Why were Bill's players not running to to tell Ty this in 2019, in 2020, in 2021, and in 2022? Because Chad Hall hadn't left the team yet. Talk about it. Because they were winning. Because the wide because the wide receivers coach is one of the primary sources, and he left the team last year. It's it's 100. He's got about two main sources on that story that they're not named, but you know what they are just based on what's being talked about. And so you're not no buying any of this. this. You're not buying the culture problems. You're not buying the lack of accountability no. problems. You think this no. is all unfair to McDermott? He's a good coach. I think McDermott's a top five coach in the league overall as far as setting up a culture. What he's done here in Buffalo, um, people are real quick to dismiss. You know his success what about last year when they went 13 and 4 and through all the garbage that went on both on and off the field uh they had a great season last year probably should have won coach of the year last year and you know they fell flat in the playoffs again there's things that go on with certain players that people don't always know about in the national media but i i think sean's a really good coach and to blow it up right now i think would be a big mistake wow jim I don't know if you are Sean McDermott incognito. I appreciate the call. I disagree with a lot of what you said. Um, I don't think Sean McDermott is anywhere near a top five coach. Um, I you I will give him credit. And you are right for all everything they had to deal with last year. Going thirteen and four is incredible. Now with that said, the playoff performances because the Dolphins win last year by the way is not 
not something to write home about considering it was Skylar Thompson hanging 31 points on a defensive-minded head coach's defense. Um, and this defense this year with Leslie Frazier out has regressed and has been very bad. I don't want to hear about the injuries. Injuries happen everywhere. That defense is terrible. I don't think McDermott is a, in terms of playoff coach, a good coach. Look, you're right, Jim. Where the where when he took over, where the Bills were to where they are now, it's night and day. He deserves absolute credit for that. Just like Mike Tomlin deserves credit um, for having the Steelers again be competent, be in the playoff mix every single year. But if you were talking about winning a championship, we're talking about winning Super Bowls, which I think the Steelers are trying to do and the Bills are trying to do. Neither head coach is the coach right now to take this team over the top. McDermott's got now coached in basically every playoff game he's coached. He's been a big liability. He's not aggressive. Even in games they win, you watch and go, oh boy, geez. Oof, got lucky in that one. There's come playoff time, this Bills team, they look tight. They don't look like they're confident. That to me is a direct reflection of, of the head coach. So I don't think this is just a hit piece by Tyler Dunn. I don't think now all of a sudden players are just coming out of the woodwork to just make things up. I think a lot of this is due to losing. And six and six again. If they if they were thirteen and if they were eleven and one right now through twelve games, I don't think this story's out there. I don't think Ty Dunn has these sources, that's for sure. But it doesn't to me, at least, take away from the actual coaching, which has also been a concern as well. You know what the worst part about There's a lot of bad things, actually, that, that are bad now that college football season is at least over for the next few weeks until the college football playoff comes back. But now I have no more excuses. I now have to be boyfriend of the year. And that, unfortunately, starts this weekend. Really starts today. I got no more excuses. Today is my girlfriend's day. Whatever she wants to do, I, I promised her because I basically every weekend in September, October, November, I've been glued to the TV, watching all these college football games, and said, sorry, it's it's my job. I got to watch. Got to know what's going on. Got to be able to be educated. So when I'm talking to you, I know what the hell I'm talking about. And now I got no excuse. So now I think we got brunch, which I'm excited for. Look, I love spending time with my girlfriend. No, I'm not making it seem like I'm complaining or dreading this. Uh, I'm just more, I got used to doing what I wanted to do for like three months, if that makes sense. And now it's out of my control. And now I'm not excited about that. It's a tough part of relationships. It really is give and take. Hmm. Well, pray for me. That's all I'll say. Pray for me. It's going to be a long Saturday. That's for sure. Hopefully your Saturday is going to be better than mine. Okay. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here. Hopefully she's not listening. Then I'm, <laughs> if I thought my Saturday is bad now, if she's listening, I am screwed. I am screwed. Okay. It is Ryan Hickey right here on CBS Sports Radio. I'll stop talking about that before I just bury myself in a hole that I can't dig out of. Let's go back to head coaches on the hot seat. I'm not on the hot seat. Hopefully, at least not yet. Coaches, though, are on the hot seat. And another coach that is there that I think will not be on his current team this time next year is Bill Belichick. 
But I think Bill Belichick and the Patriots at least are going to try to trade Bill, get something back for him. And if I was a fan of a team that needed a head coach, I would want nothing to do with Bill Belichick. I wouldn't want Bill as my head coach, and I don't think you should either. Because you look at his track record. This is a guy that can't develop young quarterbacks. Since Tom Brady left, it's been an offer. I know Cam's not young, but awful. Mac Jones, zero. Bailey Zappi, zero. I wouldn't want to take the risk of bringing Bill in and having a repeat occur. Because it's not just quarterback he's whiffing at. It's receiver. It's tight end. It's offensive line. It's running back. He's not done a very good job historically or recently at finding offensive talent in the draft and in free agency. And so I don't think it's going to just magically change with a change of scenery. Like he goes to Washington, let's say, or goes to wherever. Like, I don't think he's going to a new team and all of a sudden, like, remembering that it's like 05 again and he's back to this elite coach. He is what he is. He can't scout offensive players. I'm not sure if he even cares about the offense, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not sure how much of his apathy. But either way, he can't scout him, can't coach him. This is a guy that's going to want power. So it's not like you can just hire him and say, oh, well, you know, we're going to trade for Bill, but we're going to be trading for Bill, the coach only, and we're going to have our GM pick the player. I don't think Bill signed up for that. Bill, to me, seems like a guy who's my way or the highway. Either you're all in or you're all out. So I don't think he's signing up for working under a GM and having little say when it comes to personnel decisions. And that's a problem because his personnel decisions on the offensive side especially have been bad. So First-round pick for Bill Belichick? No, thank you. Why would I want that on my team? Even if I have an established quarterback, even even if I'm the Chargers, let's say, I'm not picking a quarterback in the draft. Or I don't got a young guy that I'm still out and not sure about. I'm not trusting Bill Belichick. Like, I don't want to know. I don't want to be the team that has to figure out if Bill still got it or not. He might have some coaching chops left. I don't want to figure it out, though. I don't want to be the team to figure it out. If I'm the Chargers coming off the Brandon Staley disaster, I'm not going to waste another two or three years of Justin Herbert's prime by toiling and figuring out if Bill Belichick is a Super Bowl caliber coach or not. I mean, since Tom Brady, the answer's been no. He's 28 and 35, record since Brady. And still got four games left, and I don't see them winning many games, so maybe 28 and 39. Do you really want to know what Bill is like without Tom Brady now? I don't. So it's an offensive-driven league. He can't develop offense. He can't develop a young quarterback. Does not really have, seems to have any motivation to do that. You got to give up draft compensation as well. I'm not doing it. If the Bill, uh, excuse me, if, if the Patriots put Bill on the trade block this offseason, I ain't calling. I'm not calling. I don't think you should either. I think that's a big mistake right now to bring Bill Belichick aboard your team and have him be your next coach. I don't see because I don't think he's the guy that's getting you back to the Super Bowl and look like the Patriots of 2007 again. I wouldn't risk it. I let someone else be the guinea pig and have them figure it out if Bill still got it or not. Not me.
So I think Sean McDermott, to recap here, this hour of, of NFL coaches on the hot seat, I think Sean McDermott is getting fired on Sunday. I think this, this article by Ty Dunn highlights, amongst other things, but overall I think the general point was the team has lost belief in McDermott. Mike Tomlin, if the Steelers are truly serious about winning a Super Bowl, can't bring Mike Tomlin back. And if Bill Belichick is actually available for a trade, I wouldn't want my team trading for him. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Which quarterback, or which quarterback, which head coach is on the biggest hot seat in your mind right now in the NFL? Let's go to Maryland, talk to Chris. What's going on, Chris? Hey there, Mr. Hickey. Uh, does your girlfriend have a, she like college football? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say she likes it. I give her a lot of credit. She bears with me. Oh, my mother. Does she have a normal mother? Like... She went to Delaware, so oh, they're yeah, not big into football, so she's become an honorary Penn State fan. I give her credit. She's come to games with me. She's a very good sport. I was hoping she was like a Ohio State fan. <laughs> Chris. Anyway, no, we'd be broken up a long time ago. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of Ohio State, they can't beat Michigan. Why, why they're, is their coach on the high, hot seat? And Penn State's coach can't win the big one. What the hell's going on in Arkansas? And then I'm looking through the future draft, and LSU has so many players that were good. How did they not do so well anyway? But, all right, let me answer the first question, though. Hot seat. First of all, what do you call um, our man down here? And you just mentioned what Bill Belichick in Washington that that was out here. I think Mike Florio. I want to say we had a, a theory about that maybe a month ago. But uh, yeah, no draft picks. I'd take him as a coach. No, but he's got to have a GM, especially somebody for offense. Hmm. Okay. Um, but. Um, Oh, well, it's for, uh, in our situation, for heaven's sake, and I even recommend them for the Chargers. I think they have an ownership issue as well that maybe need a strong head coach. I was going to say, Chrissy, your team, the Commanders, is like the team that's popping up the most. You would, So you would take Bill? As a coach, but I, I want the analytics office, too. He's got to listen to the analytics. What if he people. says no? No, not, that's fine. I'm not impressed about it. Okay. We, got, we got a lot of things to fix, but... <laughs> Um, but um, what the, when I was just oh first and uh, what the heck was I getting at? okay so Belichick um, Tom and I, he just needs a quarterback I don't think that I think that's a little bit of a reach there um, but anyway our coach Rivera yeah he's toast he's out he's already he's cooked toast. he's cooling on the thing so he's not on a hot seat it's a it's a you know fait accompli I guess you say um, so we're yeah that's that, fair that's the narrative down here but. Um. Uh, uh, oh, and Buffalo's going to beat Kansas City, and I, oh. I don't know much about McDermott. I, don't, I um, but but I think no, I, that Jim, I think it was who called in. I think it might galvanize them a little bit. Um, I think, but I think Buffalo's going to beat Kansas City, and and they're going to get a little hot here, I believe. Um, right. I don't know what the heck's wrong with Kansas City. There's something else. Went, oh, and here, so speaking of the future of uh, Washington, um, and I probably I wanted to talk to you about the college playoffs, but you probably covered that. But who would you, how would you rank like the top four or five quarterbacks coming out of college draft? Like, 
let's say the first five cars, you know, just rank the top five. Right. Right. Thanks Chris? Thanks, Ricky. Have a good one. You too, buddy. I always appreciate you calling really fast here. I mean, for me, it's Caleb Williams. I, at this point, I'm not a big Drake May guy. I think after Caleb Williams, it's all a crapshoot. I would put Drake May too. I don't feel great about it. Um, I am. I would put Michael Penix three. I think he's basically two or two point as long as he can stay healthy. He slings it and puts the ball in spots accuracy wise that are absolutely tremendous to die for. Uh, Bo Nix four. <sighs> Jaden Daniels five. I'm not high on. To me, the two best quarterbacks in the pros I think are going to be Caleb Williams. And Michael Penix Jr. Let's go to Don in Vancouver. Hello, Don. Don is sleeping. Strong finish. Strong finish here to Hick at night right here on CBS Sports Radio. So if you were like, unfortunately, Don, maybe fell asleep during the show. Now you're back up, missed something. No problem. Hey, download the Hick at night or subscribe really to the Hick at Night podcast. Night spelled N-I-T-E. Also, check me out on YouTube. Look, the mug is not something to look at. It is a face for radio, but a lot of video content is posted to my YouTube page. Just search Ryan Hickey right there. Subscribe button. Also, free. So look at that. Everything right now we were offering to you is for free and available on a ton of different platforms, podcast-wise, YouTube-wise. We are all over the social media realm. All right. Big thank you to Alex's arm. Did a tremendous job here producing the show. A big thank you to you. For it's a busy weekend, I know. Thank you for making us a part right here on CBS Sports Radio. I will be back on CBS Sports Radio Tuesday and Wednesday. 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on CBS Sports Radio. Then, of course, this time next week with as we get closer and closer to the college football playoff and some big-time NFL games. So have a great rest of your weekend. Don't go anywhere. Carrington Harrison is up next. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Tuesday right here on CBS Sports Radio.